entry in the Diary of Doom. I'm your Cypher Dylan, and join me as we look back on the rich history of Doom Metal and its sister sounds based on the recounted tales of its followers. Every week, we'll have a different guest to spin their yarn. You can visit the website at diaryofdoom.com, follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, uh, follow the podcast on diaryofdoom.podbean.com, and subscribe and listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you have a question or want to pitch something or just be like giving me some shit, you could fire off an email to diaryofdoom1968 at gmail.com. Joining us for this week's chapter is Elliot Trifolo calling in from the West Coast. And Elliot, I've just kind of been shooting the shit here and there on uh, Instagram about stuff and invited him on to talk about doom metal and what other what other things we talk about on this show. Whatever it is, man. Thank you for having me on here. You're in San Francisco now, but and uh, you you were telling me before we got started that you so you're from California, like through and through pretty much through and through. Yeah. Just being from California, like when you were growing up, did you. Were you really into like the the Bay Area thrash scene or like and that kind of stuff? Totally. It it's almost like it comes naturally just because it's it's right there. But you started out in um in Santa Cruz, uh, is what you said, and then um so like was Santa Cruz like a happening spot for music back in the day? Um, like music, yeah, like like our kind of stuff. You have to like really search for it, but music mm-hmm. in general, yeah, totally. There's the uh, every Friday in the summer, there's Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk has like a thing, you know, where it's like free bands on the beach, like Blue Oyster Cole. I know it's not that much, but you know, like still, there's other bands, um, right? Uh, there's the Catalyst, but it and there's 418 Club. There's not, there used to be uh, Cafe Pergolesi, which had like more of like our kind of stuff. But then that closed down. Um, not really, to be 100% with you. But if if you wait and you search, they do come through a catalyst. <laughs> you know, like where, like, so you cut your teeth on like Bay Area thrash and whatnot. So that's like Exodus uh, is the one that just pops in, that comes to my mind um, off the top of my head. Um, so did it take you a while to kind of like immerse yourself in the other kind of more esoteric genres of metal before you got in, you know, I mean, you're wearing a death shirt and death's obviously like kind of universally lived. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like Santa Cruz, like you'd see people like, okay. So I saw this, this one leprosy growing up a lot, but I Mm -hmm. did listen to it until nine, nine years ago. Um, so really like after I got out of high school and just, yeah, Santa Cruz is just not that kind. Maybe when now, but when I was growing up, it just it was just hard to find this kind of community. And I, or more, maybe I just wasn't looking for it, and it finally came to me. Yeah, that it's similar to me. I mean, you, um, I I think it probably landed a bit earlier for you looking back looking at your instagram there's some stuff that i'm like, hmm, pretty jealous but uh <laughs> like for me it, it took a little while to kind of for that stuff to to crop up and even when i was in college and finding out about all these you know different this swath of infinitely better metal than i knew about i still was kind of going back towards stuff that was like more accessible and whatnot uh and it wasn't until a, a 
probably around like 2016 when I was like, oh, I really like this really heavy down tune stuff. And now, you know, vir virtually anything that had that <laughs> sounds like, you know, heavy metal or just grinding noise, I'll, I'll probably check it out. You know, not all of it's for me, but that's something I like about this genre of music is that I do think it allows for you to appreciate other kinds of not just metal, but other kinds of music. Totally. Yeah, I would I would say that because of I would say because of I guess it would go into psycho really like psycho's willingness to bring anyone in, you know, like different kinds of bands. Right. And then that kind of gives you the idea in confirmation that like it is a community of outreach and being, you know, open-minded. Um, and how different genres do intertwine with whatever genre that you, it doesn't even have to be doom. It could be grind. It could be sludge. It could be whatever, you know, um, mm -hmm. they all somehow intertwine, you know, it's all one, it all, it's all one fretboard, you know, it's all one set of keys, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, I definitely would say since I started getting into this, that I do started listening to other things and now like i find myself like i do love our genre a lot but then there's times where i'm like okay i don't want to get sick of this i don't want to right i don't want to listen to it like every single day and then only for a month and then like once i hear it three months later i'm like ah, I, I did that for like a month straight you know like i want to I want to branch out and that's where you try these other bands. You're like, why was this band at psycho? Why did they go through the time to book this band? There's probably a reason, you know? Yeah. I, I, I think it's just because people it's, it, it's simply people can and should appreciate other kinds of music because it might not be consciously coming up in like what you're listening to, but somebody could have heard, uh, any musician that kind of came before them that could sound way not like their music. And there's something about it. That they're like, well, I want to do what I don't want to do what they did, but there's, I want to try like their approach to, to music, but as heavy metal or something like that. Yes. Kind of a clunky way to put it. Exactly. Whereas I don't think that you could find that same self-discovery or openness let's say if you went to i don't know uh, uh an Ozfest now that has lamb of god and five finger death punch not to like put those bands down but right. it's a it's a much more like closed filtered you know festival whereas i feel like psycho or fucking hellfest you know yeah. road burn that are just like oh, big old willow tree of just different kinds of music and yeah yeah it's great and you're seeing that spill out into just all these other festivals that have popped up within the last really not a very long period of time uh probably like what within the last like 10 years i mean obviously roadburn has been going on for a very long time desert fest has been going on for a pretty long time um yeah. but a lot of these uh more uh you know not to get all pretentious about it but like well curated events or and festivals that seems to be a little bit newer to the metal scene as opposed to just like just book whoever the fuck you can and put it on the bill yeah i honestly i'm 
newer to festivals because of psycho now i'm interested in festivals now i'm interested in that feeling i you know there's just something about being and maybe it's not just psycho maybe i'm just starstruck by just going to that one set of festivals but Mm -hmm. being at the right festival and being with around the right set of people and the right set of music that is what i'm noticing more of these festivals becoming like desert fest um i honestly i just haven't had the opportunity to go overseas but i had the opportunity to go to desert fest new york and i'm pretty sure you did as well right yep i was there (laughs) that was great um and you know that was more honestly that felt exactly like psycho california uh but just east coast and right yeah it was awesome um but i see that whenever things open up possibly branching out once that has more money and well now it can't be at the well because the well's gone right sadly the well is gone and uh it was it was a pretty perfect venue for that kind of festival you know i liked it um i like that the big stage was outside and then even if it was kind of raining it was still nice because that big tent um yeah it was, it was nice. just i just remember it being very cold the second day yeah yeah the, like um, the first day was like beautiful perfect day not not too sunny comfortable it was a really good time yeah that uh that was actually my first time in new york and oh no shit yeah i um like i always wanted to go to new york just because I, just, I love cities um, and like just San Francisco um, and the like the next step after that, like, I don't know, like what's bigger than San Francisco as far as sky. I don't know. I just New York. I don't know. And I needed like an excuse to do it. And just like, I don't, you don't need an excuse to go somewhere, but I was just like, I need to find something to like, that's it. And that was desert fest. And uh, without like going to like a long story, I got really sick on the flight over there. Oh, and that sucks. I remember looking at the the like fucking screen on the on the back of on the back of the seats in the airplane and I saw we were going over Syracuse and my stomach just started like doubling over and I just like I held it in until we got down but once I got into the the bathrooms at the JFK I just started fucking hurling it and I couldn't stop. <laughs> And I was sick, dude. And it took two hours to walk out of that airport. And I don't know what it was, man. I had like, from the time that we landed till the time that Desert Fest started that first day. And the whole reason I wanted to go is because Danova was playing. And I was like, Danova and like Elder and all this shit. I just couldn't miss it. And a friend of my girlfriend's came and she brought some weed and it really helped my stomach. So I smoked some. By the time we got to uh, to the well, like a mile back, I remember my girlfriend gave me some water. I remember seeing Greg and the rest of Danaba and just hearing that first like thick. And I just felt alive. And Desert Fest just saved me. That <laughs> it just brought me back to life. And I was like, oh my God, I don't feel sick anymore. And yeah, it was a, that was a really good time. And that was an excellent introduction to New York. And then I spent like a whole week there in uh, in Brooklyn 
and then going over to Manhattan. And yeah, amazing, absolutely amazing city. And we'll be back like once this is over with whenever that may be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I liked it because it seemed, uh, and I mean, obviously it was their first year where it was like, not like the biggest festival ever, but it was yeah. like, this is a solid fucking lineup, you know, the mini festival. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, and they were obviously going to, you know, expand it a little bit more this year. I think they were going to what bump it out to like a four day festival. Would have been nice. I'm, I'm wondering if that, if, the bill per day would have been lengthened, you know, or would it still been the same amount of bands per day, just one extra day? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think it probably would have been that just because, I mean, I'm obviously speculating here because can only use the well as reference. I think that you can't make that like super gigantic, you know, um, yeah. like, bringing in like you know super heavy acts and whatnot i mean it'd be cool but um like uh but i think i think that uh it was probably that idea of we'll just add another day but with the same amount of bands seems the most manageable um i i think i had said on another episode if they were going to do it somewhere else um there's another venue called elsewhere that has not a similar layout but they have like a main stage room and then they have like a smaller stage room or a smaller room that you could very easily just set up another, you know, just space for people to perform. And they also have an outdoor like I don't know, it might be like the only alleyway left in New York at this point. But essentially, it's an alleyway and they could probably set up a like a small stage out there, too. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've heard of that venue, um, but haven't I just didn't get the time to see it. Um, possibly. Um Maybe it could be, I honestly thought Psycho was going to be one of those things where it would travel to a different state or different city every year. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, um, but then I guess it settled in Las Vegas. And I kind of think like Desert Fest maybe should do that and just rent out different venues. Uh, you That's know? an interesting idea. I don't know. Um, I would just like to see, just to like, not only give uh revenue to like different venues per year and like but also give in different towns that just don't really have too many people you know like i don't know the midwest or something like that like give these people like more opportunity and more tourists to come in and like stay there for like, three days you know yeah i mean i think it all just depends on kind of like the tactical placement like i think they know there's enough metalheads and whatnot and fans that will be like, Oh, New York seems like kind of an obvious destination. It's East coast. Yeah. And plus you, you know, you can tap in there. There's a very strong like swath of uh, bands from the East coast that you could very easily like have come in, you know, to do it. Um, yeah. You know, cause you've got like your Maryland scene uh, there's, there's Connecticut bands. Um, obviously desert fest has like a bit more pull where they can bring in, you know, some bigger names and whatnot. So I, you know, I mean, biggest name on their band on the, the bill from last year or the two year Jesus. I have like no concept of time anymore. Years. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, was COC. And I mean, that's, that's no small, that's no small puppy. Yeah. I would be interested to see if they could salvage it and what they'll wind up doing with it. So, but 
you know, you're, you're talking about psycho and I've got some psycho experiences um, that I've never really talked about, like at length here. I've talked about it on another podcast. I probably like told little pieces of it, but um, cause it uh, the podcast started after the festival. So it's sort of just something to look back on. Um, so I went two years, I went 2018, which was the year, the last year at the hard rock. And then I went in 2019, which was the first year at Mandalay Bay, but you've been going for quite a while, like kind of since inception, almost inception of the actual like festivals. Cause you know, they did like Dave the shred and psycho de Mayo, like the one day ones. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I went to Psycho California, so Psycho 15, Psycho 16, 17, and 19. And yeah, all of them amazing. All unique in their own ways, but all of them amazing. It was, it. it's always like kind of looking at it because I started to see it pop up in like 2017 and it was like, Jesus, like, look at that bill. It's like every band that I really like, you know, like it, yeah. there's, there was, Something about that where you're like, well, you know, I could go to this festival and and say, oh, uh, well, I'm going to go. It'll be fun. But, you know, and there's like a hundred bands playing, but I'm really only going to see like 10, you know, or like, yeah, 15. You can you kind of can like uh, you really got to like navigate or whatever. Like I've been to festivals where I'm like, okay, I don't really like most of the bands on. here. (laughs) Yeah, that's like. That's that's why I honestly didn't go to 2018. Plus, at that at that time, I was just trying to do something else at mm-hmm. the time. Um, and my rule of thumb is it's like anywhere from like 12 to 15. Now, unless you really want the experience, like I want to go in. Before I say you should always have you shouldn't go into a festival not knowing anyone. That's kind of weird. Like you got to go in knowing like, I don't know, three to four bands, like just like right. to kind of be comfortable. if you don't feel comfortable liking all the or all these other bands, you could at least be like, well, fuck Matt Pike's over here shredding my face off. Like at least I'll, I could be comfortable there, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like for me, like psycho, if it was in psych, if it was in California, I think I would go like every year, but because it's Las Vegas, it's not just, you know, the ticket. It's yeah. also Okay, you have all these gnarly bands that you're only going to see maybe some of them maybe only once. So you, there's the merch booth, then there's the uh, I know like yeah, that was the first thing. Uh, there's the fucking uh, the room. There's the food, which you know like it's not cheap. It's no, the, it's not. <laughs> it's, it's not, and you're going to eat at really weird hours. You know, especially if you're up a lot. Um, yeah. There's you telling me you're going to stay in a casino and you're not going to gamble you know like there's just all these factors so all those factors plus the you know having maybe 10 12 bands that you're like fuck yes i want to see this or right yes i'm or yes even if it's already all the bands you've already seen that was honestly that was psycho 17 for me um because it was kind of similar to 16 which was fucking mind-blowing the more i look back on uh psycho las vegas 16 is every hour there was something going on you know um and 17 like i looked at it and there's a lot of bands that i've already seen here that already played but it was just i knew the you know i was talking about earlier just that 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 essence that that yeah vibe that just 
I wanted to see them all there. And it's delivered once again. Amazing. And yeah, just 18, I didn't go. And then 19, yeah, amazing. And so I'm fucking really glad I went now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think that it was that there was just this. Um, and again, I, I'm kind of romanticizing it a bit, but I'm also, you know, and like trying to pro- like analyze it and figure out like, what was it? It was like this. It was like that festival that everybody of that fandom or or whatever was like, oh, this is for me. I finally feel like there's this because, yeah, you can. There's definitely there's obviously Maryland Death Fest, you know, which yeah. started out as a death metal fest. And that was kind of the closest thing to um, a psycho that had existed prior to that. And like that's been going on forever. But now you have like the Maryland Doom Fest, which is like now it's kind of back to they don't bring over or bring in all different kinds of metal bands. They, at least looking at last year's lineup, it was a lot of predominantly, it looked like a lot of death metal bands, probably like some black metal bands. And there were some, you know, names that I certainly recognized in there, but it was definitely a different kind of lineup. And, um, but there was something about it. I think people were just like, oh man, like that's really like speaking to me. And it, it just drew in like a very, uh, a very specific crowd um like one thing i remember about 19 was like the psycho facebook group like everyone was just like go here to get cheap drinks go here to get a cheap pizza this machine is like fired which is not true i don't believe what anybody tells you about slot machines yeah i remember that 16 because it was you know 15 was at the observatory in santa Ana, so it was just like really small like there was no asking where shit was but just people had like a hard time navigating a casino, even if it was the hard rock. And I remember like trying to find different times and different like schedule changes. You would have to check the Instagram or the Facebook be like, if, if the Instagram wasn't working, you check the Facebook and then check the comments. People would be like, it changed here. And yeah. And then it didn't really happen for me in 17, but I remember seeing that where it was kind of like, I don't want to have to rely on this. But they they got it a little more, you know, uh, in order. <laughs> yes, they certainly did. So, like, what what was uh was it a, ever kind of a different festival when you went the first year, like the Psycho California? Because I that is something that I think people have talked about a lot. It was kind of it felt like that was the festival that was really starting to bring this kind of stuff into the spotlight. You know, my girlfriend she went to uh levitation before we went to psycho las vegas together and levitation started out as a uh psych rock fest that gradually started bringing in some of the more uh esoteric metal bands and you know then they were like well if we can get you know the you know the the black angels and uh well i think the guy from the black angels like co like founded or whatever but like, oh, he likes these kinds of bands. I bet we could get some magic. And all of a sudden, you know, they've got Boris and Sleep and Sun playing. It's like, well, Sun's not a fucking psych rock band, but it's just like that thing that every it seems natural. Plus, it's a unique experience. And I think that crowd would probably go and be like, holy shit, we're going to see a band that has like a dude smashing a gong behind his drum kit. And I mean, like, is that not psych? You know, at, at yeah. some degree, you know, it's 
yeah, it's and it comes back to what we were saying earlier about how it's that genre branching out and connecting to everything else. Yeah. So like she had gone to that and, you know, the, I think the difference, there's a little bit of a difference, but I, uh, you know, it, it, it seemed like once it moved from uh, California and it was moving into the bigger venues, like you, you started seeing some different kinds of bands showing up. Cause you know, you got to put butts in seats too, but like, was there anything different about it when it first started out? Did it seem like there were, it just was, it's, it wasn't where, where it is now. What do you mean? Like from Psycho 15 to Psycho 16? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, because you said 15 was... So it evolved from essentially Psycho California to Psycho 15, right? Is yeah. Is that how it goes, kind of? Yeah, like it... Psycho California... Have, have you been to the observatory at all? No. Is, is it not there anymore? I don't... I don't... I'm not sure. Uh, maybe. It's just that... Like, okay... Los Angeles always throws me off that whole area. It's just this huge grid, you know, and unless it's like a stadium, like a bigger building and just kind of all kind of look the same. So this observatory didn't really look tall or anything like that. It was just wide. Mm -hmm. So like driving up to it, I, when I looked at it, it wasn't like looking at a giant casino and be like, Oh fuck, we're going to see all these massive bands in here. Um, it, I just kind of didn't know what to expect. Like I thought I was just kind of going into, I mean, it is, it, it's, it's just a, a, a place that has two or three like different, you know, medium sized venues, but I don't think I expected or anyone I was with expected like that essence to be there. Right. Be, like a thing. And I, I just didn't, I knew that it would like move to, I knew that Psycho Las Vegas was going to happen. But the reason I say Psycho 15 is because I didn't think Psycho 17 was going to happen. You know, like I thought it was going to be Chicago or, mm, you know, okay, gotcha. um, which that's what remember I was saying earlier. Like I kind of wish yes. it like something would jump around because I, I, it would give me a chance to kind of be like, fuck, all right, St. Louis. All right, let's, let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Psycho Chicago. <laughs> yeah, whatever. You know, and then I'll find something that maybe I didn't find because I didn't, there wasn't a Doom Festival there. I don't know. And yeah, like 16, aside from the obvious that it was going from a smaller, like mid size vent three venue thing to a fucking casino, like that was a big thing. Uh, seeing bands in a pool, that's, that's super weird. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah, it, it's so strange. It's like, it's not like anyone was doing too much. And a lot of people were just like lounging about, but just experiment. And obviously whatever intoxicants you're doing at the time, you know, it could do whatever. But at the time I was just kind of laying there and I was like, fuck, I should just lay under. And I was watching Satan Satyrs at a pool and yeah. I just sort of sitting underwater and just lie in there under and just listen. I'm like, I'm listening to Satan Satyrs underwater. You know, you know like, <laughs> one of those things like that doesn't happen all the time. I did the same thing with Gate Creeper too, which great underwater. Um, oh, I bet you could feel that. Yeah, yeah, that was really great. Um, but yeah, like Psycho uh, Las Vegas definitely upped the ante. And you know what's strange is uh, when I went to Psycho 19, we were driving back 
to the uh, hotel and, or hotel, uh, the airport and uh, Hard Rock is still open. Oh, like, yeah, it was still open. Yeah. Like, I mean, so it's like, why didn't you just go one more year there? You know, well, but, or it was open, but renovations had started. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I did. Honestly, I could answer that question better by saying the difference between Mandalay Bay and Hard Rock. There was definitely a difference in that. Just like uh, the staff, like Hard Rock, you could have have it at Hard Rock and the staff knew what to expect because it's the Hard Rock. So it's just a bunch of metalheads. Like I remember the first Psycho 16 was hilarious because I don't think that the Hard Rock told the rest of the guests, like regular families that, hey, there was going to be like a big festival here. And I remember seeing like there's this lane of Dunkin' Donuts and whatnot. And there's all these like families eating their breakfast one on. There's all these like dudes walking down the hallway with I hate God and I saw this yeah. one the Jesus is a cunt shirt. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so the staff like knew where to point people around. It was smaller also, but like knew where to point people around and whatnot. Whereas like Mandalay Bay, uh, people were kind of clueless like to where certain things were. At least that was my experience like the first day and a half. And then people kind of had like an understanding of where things were, mm-hmm. you know? And then, yeah, just like the difference of like a, a pool to then like, this beach thing with like a raised plat the raised platform was really strange to me because it wasn't like you know three feet it was like 10 feet yeah something it was just like no one's gonna climb that like make it six feet at least damn i feel like he's so far up there but (laughs) every year just something different and something special and obviously uh to each their own everyone has their own perception of like how things go yeah i mean not not no no two people are probably going to have like a similar experience i mean like for me i actually found this i thought the staff at the 2018 or when we were at 2018 at the hard rock i found the staff to be pretty like off-putting and not very nice whereas like we had a very nice time at mandalay bay we went to get lunch from like i don't remember somewhere in the food court and like this guy was like man we thought all oh, you guys were gonna be fucking assholes but like you're so nice this oh, giant of a man approached me and he, and we were like oh my god and he just was like hey how you fellas doing i'd like to get a large number two please <laughs> yeah again it's like see like that's what i mean it's like to each their own perception um and i'm not gonna like hold that over because of like the few times that i had an experience like i'm not gonna go back to the man and i'm like i don't trust anyone like you gotta try it again because you know things can change right um, and i'm sure that everyone kind of knows how mandalay bay works now and i'm sure that whenever maybe this year maybe next year th- it will be a much more like everyone be you know every, obviously everyone be a lot more excited and might be a little bit more chaotic might be a little bit more bam you know but i think a little bit everyone will still be a little bit more together yeah um now like i would we did a very consolidated trip out the first year we went so like we flew out on friday and then left on monday because i just didn't have the time so we had to kind of and it's also my girlfriend's birthday so it was like perfect you know just like oh all these bands that i like are playing on my birthday this is awesome so we did that but um 
we would have probably done that festival over with more time because there were a lot of bands playing in the 2018 uh, edition that I was like, damn, I really wish I had gotten to see, you know, like Godflesh and Goblin and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, yeah those are definitely the ones I would have, if I went, I definitely would have seen. Because like, it was just kind of funny how, like we had a great, like a great time seeing the bands. And by the time Sunday rolled around, we were like, okay, we've got this down pat, but we have to, excuse me, go back home tomorrow. So that's kind of a, that's kind of a, a downer, but I'm like, yeah, let's do it again next year. But like looking at him, we're like, who like is, is headlining this. And then like headliner dropped out, you know, the, the infamous visa problems. Yeah. Uh, and we're kind of looking at it and I'm like, wait a minute, Danzig is headlining this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so, like second time or no. Yeah. I guess, I guess, that was if you count time. the misfits yeah it's uh it's sir sir glenn's third appearance at the festival and uh i mean to be perfectly honest um what the misfits set was it amazing like not nah, it wasn't like the most technically amazing performance but hey i'm from new jersey and i didn't have to pay an additional like arm and a leg to go see the misfits at msg so i was like this is perfect plus i was just like megadeth whatever that honestly that's kind of you know misfits we're we're 30 40 years too late you know like for the action to see what the misfits we'd like to see right so, so like a set you know like i'm gonna take what i can get at that point because i saw danzig play the misfits um at the warfield a couple years ago and again i was like whatever he's gonna play like I, obviously he's gonna play halloween and i'm okay with i'm okay with it because who was it was it me it was megadeth right yeah and, and dave mustaine and luckily he hey he's i'm fucking knocking on some wood right here he's good you know and but that's like the one of the best replacements honestly and when i saw that i was like okay because exactly what you're we talking about if if they didn't put the misfits and the misfits did this this last tour right before say that we didn't know about covid you know you would have to pay 200 something dollars just to oh stay yeah back whatever whereas psycho you pay the 200 damn you can stand up front you'd be way in the back honestly well for me about that whole performance i kind of agree with you but like you saw it you know you saw the misfits but yeah seeing everyone all of us our whole community a whole arena and then that arena being filled with all of our favorite musicians all yelling hybrid moments or or halloween like dude you can't you gotta be there you know I, and like one of my favorite moments was when we all were walking out and just everyone started singing we are 138 and i was like this yeah. is awesome we all just collect we all just collectively were like ah uh, it wasn't even the best but we still got to see it <laughs> yeah and i think that i think that all of us being there and i'll you know some i think that's what psycho really is that energy is that you are with friends and that you are seeing uh, sets that you may not have enjoyed or sets that you do really enjoy or whatever. It's just about being there and being a part of it, whatever it could be. You could be a part of the surprise integrity set. You could be a part of, you know, whatever. It, it, it's a great thing to be a part of. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I mean, I didn't really we didn't talk to too many people the first year. Cause we were like, we were newbies. We're just like, 
this is a lot. I mean, I've never been to Las Vegas before. We actually spent quite a bit of time away from the festival just like because I'm like, well, I'd rather just knock out the Vegas stuff. And I'm like, all right, I kind of get it. Let's just do the festival next yeah. year. And then, you know, it rolled around and it was perfect. And then that year, though, just wound up making a lot of friends, you know, yeah. people that I was I was just walking uh, the the night I got there. I said I was um, I just I'm just going to go walk down to the uh, casino and just sort of like explore the grounds and see what's going on and sort of know where things are. Didn't do a good job of that, but whatever. Uh, and I just saw this dude and I was like, I've seen that guy at like half of the St. Vitus shows I've been to this year. Yeah. I'm like, I bet I'm like, he's got to be, he's obviously he's from like, you know, the New York area. Yeah. So just started chatting with him, David, who runs Made in Brooklyn, probably seen his name pop up. And yeah. he's just like, you know, so he's telling me, he's just like, oh, this is like my fourth psycho and he's all this other shit and yada, yada, yada. So yeah, just, made friends and it just, uh, I don't know what it is, but like there was, there's, there was an inviting aspect about it. I felt welcome in the community. It yeah. felt like, you know, I'm a social person. So, and so I can make friends pretty much wherever I go. And it just, people were just like, yeah, man. Hey, who, how are you? What's your name? Like, what are you about? You know, what, you know, what bands do you, I mean, we all like a lot of the same bands, but <laughs> we're all here. We're all here. So yeah, that was, uh, it was it was a interesting uh unique experience. I'm trying to think like what some of my favorite set I mean like probably the one that everyone talks about was the was power trip at the pool, which was awesome. Dude. Yeah, I was right there and I saw that whole interaction with those two security guards and the fear in their eyes and they're like, "All right, we're, we're going to back off." And yeah, it was that was definitely, I mean, especially now, you know, it's an extremely legendary set. If you're there, you're there. You know, that's the whole thing of Psycho. You just got to be there and see these things that may not ever happen, whether at a different festival or ever again. Yeah, and that was one. And I mean, I I was lucky that I got to see Power Trip again later that year in November, yeah, obviously. I, yeah. You know. With High on Fire. With High on Fire on that tour. And, yeah, you, know, you know, obviously Riley's no longer with us, sadly. Like, that was just such a fucking iconic moment. Like, that was just so great. And then, it like, even there were other sets that were, like, like even the, we, we'd seen, like, Royal Thunder a bunch. But I was like, they're great. They were great in that, in that little, like, um, I guess it was, like, the bar area, the circle bar. I don't know. But it was the, everyone talked about the circle bar at the Hard Rock. Uh, which I guess was sort of like the the meeting area. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, dude, that circle bar is honestly where I'd find just a lot of band members just hanging out. And, um, and then that would be, fuck, what was that called? Do you know that little where where Danova played their second set at Psycho 19? That Yeah, I'm trying to remember the name of it. It was like the, oh, the rhythm, the lounge, the rhythm and riff lounge, something like that, yeah. the R&R &R lounge. Yeah that's what that's the the equivalent yeah i i honestly i didn't spend too much time there but that was the central hub honestly psycho the hard rock that's such a great layout like it's it was so like short and all casinos are more or less the same they're not super far but you know again when you're seeing that many bands i'll, I'll walk a mile per set just we got to do it 
quick. Yeah. Yeah. My feet definitely hurt by the end of the weekend. But yeah, and but I love that little uh I mean the House of Blues was good too. Um, but like I love that little uh the vinyl lounge. Like both of the smaller venues I thought were were great. And it was uh, you know, it just like those big ass rooms, man, they're just like, I, I just don't think they were ever prepared for bands with like that magnitude. And like, you know, that's always the joke too, is, um, was always the sound, you know, like yeah. I was talking to like my buddy day. He's like, this doesn't really happen at Roadburn, you know, like, but this shit happens every year. Yeah. Um, I don't really, actually, I do remember once during home at Psycho California, um, and maybe other sets, but I maybe I wasn't there. But every year in Las Vegas, especially with the bigger ones like the joint specifically, yeah, set had something. I remember I was watching Mothership. I don't know if it was maybe it was Psycho 16, and uh Kelly was doing some solo and it just stopped and it, it you know, you're he's fucking soloing and like nothing's coming out. And he's like, What the fuck? Like, what? And uh uh, when King Diamond played uh, 2017, it was kind of like King Diamond was like so good that made me question if, if it was like real or not, like if it was like pre-recorded. And then the music stopped for that split second, and he kept singing. So I was like, okay, this is all real. King Diamond is this epic. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like it, it, the, these big bands, honestly, um, the I don't know what this uh mandalay bay was called but i kind of liked that one i didn't really hear too much sound cutting out of that one um except uh high on fire <laughs> uh that was a rough set dude that that like that was my ninth time seeing high on fire and i know right uh but like and i all those times i've never thought that like wow my pike like sounds bad and like i was looking and my friends and I was like, do you hear this? Like, is this me? Like, am I inebriated? Like what? And everyone's like, eh, something wrong. There's maybe like the counting or maybe they can't hear each other or something. But then everything was redeemed, as you know, as that that next tour later those months, because they were, I mean, for me, uh, at the UC Theater in Berkeley, they were perfect. Oh, yeah. I I mean, I had seen them a few times before. Like, I saw them with Meshuggah was the first time I saw them, like probably my favorite concert experience of all time. You know, we saw them at St. Vitus. Like that was great. Um, thought they were pretty good at 2018 when they essentially became the headlining band. Um, yeah. I spoke with John Hopkins, the you know, rest in peace. And he's done yeah. sound for them and a bunch of other bands in this scene. And he, uh, uh, he was just telling me like, oh, that was a real problematic set too. And I was like, oh, I never noticed. But then again, I was working on like maybe three hours of sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah, like I just had to confirm with people around me. I was like, hey, it's like, is this just me? Like, but yeah, it, weird. But like, at least like, you know, that it's not like a matter of musicianship. Like it was a matter of just sound, annual psycho sound difficulties, you know? Yeah, along with weird uh, replacement guests. <laughs> Maybe it's also uh, a testament to like how heavy these bands are. You know, uh, it could just be that. Yeah. Maybe it's just that. Maybe there's nothing wrong. These just bands are way too fucking loud. Yeah. Uh, that. Uh, did you see that wizard set? Uh, oh yeah, it was great. Oh, shit, that was the clearest wizard set I have ever heard. I that was. Uh, I thought that was great, and I we saw them again later that year you know 
electric wizards tours are hilariously short um you know and i don't really get why it's like it's it's so like i'm like what else do you do (laughs) i i honestly i think like with those short like five six day tours you know there's six day tours uh it's just like a weird culty thing either like it's a culty thing like you just got to be there kind of thing or it's just scheduling not everyone you know people just got to pay rent some other way so they can only do six days straight and everyone lines up you know yeah but yeah that was good set i i had a really good time i mean i was at that point in the day i was like feeling good and like just walking into that room i was like i feel like i'm walking into a microwave Like you yeah. could feel it in the air. It was dope. And then we saw them. Yeah, we saw them again in uh, November that same year. And it was great. I mean, it was virtually the same set, but it was fantastic. We had a like we walked out of there and like my girlfriend seen them like twice before. And she was like, oh, man, that was so good. You know, like it, they just sounded so gnarly. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, it's definitely probably one of my top three sets of that venue that year we got to see batushka before all the batushka drama started unfurling um I've heard of that band uh well uh they played 2018 and we didn't really know anything about them but uh there's somebody on spotify usually makes like a playlist for with all the bands on there yeah. Um, and I was just listening to it. And I was like, oh, there's a lot of fucking cool bands playing this thing. Like, we should try to check more, more of them out. Um, I'm pissed we didn't go see Dune play that year. I was so amped to see Dune in 19. And then they dropped out like literally days before the festival and they didn't even replace them. But yeah. whatever. Um, but yeah, like uh, Batushka was like this weird black metal band that like it just sounds like Gregorian chants mixed with like doomy, doomy black metal. And it was like, everyone was wearing like these weird outfits. Like you couldn't see anyone's faces. There were candles. Like it was very much like a religious ceremony. It was really cool. Um, And Coven was really great too. Uh, We had a really good time watching Coven. Yeah. Like that, that was like top tier performance. Uh, And like seeing sun there was just amazing for, just it being sun playing in a casino and filling yeah. up this entire room with smoke. Like, and there's just two guys on stage. Like that was really cool. I'm trying to remember. There was one f- kind of funny thing about, I mean, there are a lot of funny things. I mean, the we didn't stick around for the whole weed eater set. Cause we've seen weed eater a ton. Uh, but I did watch some video of it and uh, talk about once in a lifetime experiences. Guitar player fall over on stage because he's so fucked up and just keep playing yeah man you never know what you're gonna find especially with weed eater too yeah and party but yeah that's that's psycho it's again you just gotta be there you gotta something's gonna happen always uh did you ever look at uh danova's uh set at psycho 16 no and like i've seen i like danova i've seen them I like twice now because we saw them at the pool party. We saw them at Desert Fest. Uh, yeah. They were great. That guy does an amazing Boom Hour impersonation. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, no, I I don't know anything up about it. Yeah, I 
was blown away. And that is how I fell in love with Danova. Uh, that set, he was gone. So, so I heard about the band and this was, yeah, 16. Um, and I knew with about like writing easy and all that. Cause it's like a 15 and I don't know. It was just like, I kept seeing that symbol everywhere. And I was like, okay, maybe I should see this band. Like, this has got to be something, right? And, uh, yeah, this guy, he just – I felt like I was in a true, like, like almost like a, like a Motorhead show, like a true rock and roll show. Mm. Like this dude was plastered, like, and saying the funniest shit, too. Like, I can't believe, like, I would hear some of the best riffs and then in between just, like, start crying of laughter and then go back to hear, like – <laughs> song after song and i was watching i was like man this guy's past and someone on set like i don't know if you can see it on the video but there's a guy that is keeps filling his fucking thing of whiskey every time so every time he goes back after he's done playing a song he's drinking like more and more and he's like saying like i'm only gonna get worse and it's he doesn't like this set i do because it's a very special place it's just one of those things you, you just got to be there it was a great set um and it got me really into the magic of danova and yeah i'm sure there are plenty of other sets that other people have done that's just one of those sets amazing if you have the time look at it he says some fucking funny ass shit yeah. oh he's funny dude man yeah, greg mulaney amazing human i should get him on the show you should yes it's oh. funny too because like danova is not by your by your kind of it's not your textbook definition of like a doom band they are very much like a met like sort of your metal band they are a metal band they're just they they sound like what most people would be like oh that's heavy metal yeah like i honestly when i uh first heard uh hemisphere shadows and the ep i was like oh this is just modern iron maiden like right not, not just like iron maiden's one of the sickest bands ever like and not that Danova is copying Iron Maiden, but there's a there's a galloping riff in there that's very a clear homage, you know. Um, and yeah, just they. I mean, I know that I read somewhere that uh, Greg doesn't like the recording of the first album, but I think that album's amazing. And how weird it is with the synth and just it's it's like metal but rock and roll, and it's it's just a nice like. Honestly, it's something that I'll play in a car that someone is not down with anything that's down tuned below a D, you know, like, right. And it's like, here, here's like, you like fucking ACDC or Led Zeppelin, bam, Danova. And like, no one's ever complained ever. And yeah, then there's that, that middle album. Like if you really like Danova, that album. Yeah. <sighs> Amazing band. I would like to see that. I, I think I remember my girlfriend saw that. I think they were playing with like uh, Uncle Acid or something, which is like I can't even imagine Greg Mullaney interacting with the dude from Uncle Acid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, weird combo. But uh, I remember they were doing that tour, and I actually it is one of the very few posters that I have that I own that I didn't go to. Like mm. I don't know. I think it's kind of weird. Um, like, I'm not... If you get a poster and it's sick, like, get it. But, like, I don't know. I just don't own posters that I didn't go to, you know, as right. far as 
the posters. Um, because they're like, Oh, you went to them? I'm like, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, but yeah, they they played Slims and I didn't, yeah, I'm just thinking of Slims. Uh, this, I mean, Slims, rest in peace, no longer there, not due to COVID, but like weird business. Mm. I don't know. Uh, Boss Gag sold it. So, like, but just that small venue with Uncle Acid and Danova. And then, yeah, what is that? 2014. So that's, that's, uh, right. I think that's right before the Night Creeper comes out or like right when it did come out. And yeah, I saw the 2015 tour when, Uncle Acid did two nights at Slim's, and yeah, it's just like some of the best nights of my life. That's yeah. awesome. I thought it was rad when King Diamond took Uncle Acid out. I was like, good. I'm glad you're not taking out just like, yeah. Like, I saw Exodus open up for King Diamond, and like, they were good. Like, they were really good, actually. And like, yeah. you know, like, that's fine. Um, And they're different enough from King Diamond where it works. But I was like, right on. I'm glad he went for like, kind of a different one it wasn't just like it's king diamond and like you know i don't know um, Two bands. yeah yeah I, I i like that weird it's only a few bands really do but like the word creepy you know just like halloweeny has like a weird 70s murderers theme to it whatever like a weird concept to it and yeah i felt like that was a very fitting tour and it was awesome yeah it was so dope. Steadily looking forward to hopefully things turning around and uh, going to another festival because I've got plans to try to go to Roadburn for my first time. Um, I want to go to Oblivion Access to see if that works. You know, there's obviously there's Desert Fest New York, which is just going to be, you know, eventually where, you know, right in my, my backyard once yeah. I get my ass over there. Yeah. So, but... um. You've been listening. What you've been listening to anything good lately? Um, yes. Uh, what have I been listening to? Um, I've been listening to Gay Creeper because they came out with that EP. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, that's amazing. And yeah, I honestly I saw them at seventeen, and um, actually my friend Alex and I started that fucking pool pit at that Gate Creeper show and at sumac that same year like i saw them and it like it hit me but it didn't really hit me till like this past year that it's i don't know some music like just takes time you know yeah like, gate creeper definitely took me a few years and i think whether that's like aging or honestly i kind of think it's a little bit of like frustration with covid and like being stuck inside but like a creeper like makes more sense now uh, <laughs> and, and uh yeah so i've been listening to that um honestly dude i've been like trying to delve because of like what i just said just kind of like frustrated just being stuck inside of just kind of like getting back into hardcore um i'm just like revisiting older albums that like i liked and I'm just kind of like trying to listen to them with an adult mind. I'm like, holy shit. Like I was way too young to con conceive really what this was. And so like no warning. Um, but that there's a few other bands, uh, judiciary, um, judiciary. Um, and then there's, um, fucking listening to creeping death. Um, there's these two bands that are really capturing my attention and they're actually from Santa Cruz um 
And I, I don't know any of these dudes. I'd like to know these dudes. And they're like part of this like weird, I don't know. I'm not claiming to know anything about this, um, but it is like a small like group, I believe. And it's all like people that like share kind of the same, you know, different kinds of groups of mm-hmm. band that share the same members, uh, 40831. So it's like a group of people from San Jose and then uh, Santa Cruz. But yeah, there's something going on right now in that small like community of hardcore. But uh, these two bands, so Santa Cruz, uh, Drain, yeah, holy shit. That band, it's quick, it's hardcore and thrash. It's, I mean, I, I just kind of think of it as like Power Trip, but Santa Cruz, you know, like Power Trip at the sure. Beach kind of thing. Two obviously separate bands, but like similar kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the one that like, honestly, really just like I've been listening to every single fucking day is this band called Gulch. And oh yeah, my buddy showed me Gulch. They're not for me, um, but yeah. I do not think they sure. are a bad band. I totally yeah. see why people are into them. Yeah, it's I honestly I was watching a Drain set um, at like a house show, and I was being an asshole, and I was kind of making fun of this dude that in his moves in, in the mosh pit for a second, and then I started to look at the comments and like, oh, that's the singer of Gulch, and I was like, wait, I've heard this name before. And then I like started to look it up and I was like, oh fuck, I'm an asshole and an idiot. This dude is <laughs> so gnarly. I should shut my mouth. Watch Gulch at This Is Hardcore 2019. That is some brutal 17 minutes and terrifying. And yeah, like I get it. I it's in the first like five seconds, you know whether you like it or you don't like it. And again, I think it comes down to being stuck inside a lot. Not like stuck inside, like no one's locking the door, but you know, just like yeah. being socially distant and being away from like this whole thing like it's just been been trapped so like gulch is just like that shit that like it makes so much sense and yeah yeah that that band yeah i'm looking forward to literally anything that they do any like 10 minutes they could they could give out yes but yeah um and then you know just looking forward to whoever i think i think a lot of bands have recorded a lot of stuff like in like doom and whatnot and they're just kind of waiting to release it so then they can just tour with it. Yeah. You know, like uh like Sumac releases uh released uh May You Be Held, and now they're already doing like another album and they're almost done to being done. And it's like they could be releasing two albums, yeah, in two quarantine, you know, like and then they gotta catch up and do this like really gnarly set that's two different albums, um, which I'm not complaining at all, but I I, I think a lot of bands are just kind of waiting for this renaissance that i hear people talking about and yeah it sounds stressful but it sounds very fun at the same time (laughs) that's that's for damn sure i mean i think there will be hopefully there will be good music coming out of all this uh what if i what i i I listened to um the there's a new youth code album that they did with um this other musician called king yosef that's pretty cool uh, not doom at all, like crazy industrial, like noise, noise rock. Um, yeah. But Matt Pike actually does a guest solo on one of the songs, which is pretty cool. Okay. Just, just um, yeah, but on. like, it doesn't sound like one of his, it sounds like one of his solos. If he was playing on like in an, in an industrial metal band, it's very okay. weird, but it's pretty cool. Um, it, it, again, it makes sense. Like, it goes it works well with the sound of the band thematically. Again, it's that yeah. weird 
kind of like opposites attract thing. And then there's this great uh, like deathy thrash band out of Virginia called Enforced. They have a band out called Kill Grid, and it's amazing. It's so I, good. I think did you just post about it a couple of hours ago? Yeah, I definitely posted on my Instagram. I listened to that. That was pretty good. Oh, it was. I was like, this is yeah. so good. And there was a lot of good death metal that came out last year, but this isn't like super death metal. Um, and it's really good. I, I strongly recommend checking it out. Yeah. Cool. Well, do you have anything you want to plug? People want to like, buy, I mean, I see you got a bunch of guitars. Do you play? Yeah, so half of this is me. And then half of this is my roommate, best friend. Um, and yeah, like I don't own all these amps. Okay. <laughs> I own half of them and he owns half of them. And I own half the guitars and he owns half the guitars. So it looks like I have more than what I actually have. But yeah, on just because of COVID, like COVID really, I think COVID kind of showed us all like who we are, like what we want to be. And we're giving us time to that time. Mm -hmm. And music's important to us. It's important to me. And I was just like, fuck, like there's no better time to like really hone those skills. And it's like, I've played guitar on and off for like years, but I didn't honestly, like I had to see a bunch of stuff to actually inspire me. Like, I don't know. And it's not like Metallica or whatever, like didn't inspire me to like start writing or playing music or whatever, but like, you got to see a bit, you got to, I don't know, like seeing ISIS and seeing sleep and Yob. Like I was like, okay, now I kind of understand a little mm -hmm. bit more of like what could be done. So yeah, I definitely invested in some, I bought my first amp, which is that um, Rockerverb 50 behind me. Actually my roommate just bought this uh, Soldano SL, uh, SLO 30 uh yesterday and it is really sick I, I bet yeah we haven't turned it loud for some reason it's only been a day but it will it will be turned loud it'll, it'll be, get there it will get there yeah definitely got a few things i don't know plugs uh dunnable dunnable is the shit uh my roommate has a dunnable and it is a cyclops and dude those guys are possibly the next gibson like what everyone loves gibson for like mm -hmm. they have it down to a t it's amazing I, uh, they're great i saw intronaut uh last year <laughs> one, of, one of the only shows i saw last year then uh, opening up for cult of luna that was great that was the the last show i saw was that oh wow slims and i thought that was very ironic that they were touring for an album called a dawn to fear and then like Three days later, after I saw that them play, everything shut down on yep. the 13th. And I was like, holy fuck, that, that's such an odd, I don't know. And so forever, that album will remind me of shutdown. Yeah. Dunnable, if you do not have a Dunnable and you're just never going to get that Gibson uh, that you've always wanted, just get a Dunnable. Just do it. It's amazing. My really close friend, Kyle, Kyle Bradshaw, um, he has a band called Lotharia and it was uh they released an album two or three years ago and it rips it's like and i'm not i'm, I'm not just saying that because he's like one of my best friends like it actually is really fucking good and i know also right. best friends also say that but just listen to it it's good <laughs> and it's like black and doom post metal it's like just everything that you like and yeah this dude's a genius He's always like in our friend group, he's always like one step ahead musically. Like he's kind of the one that showed us all of this kind of genre. Like not like mm. showed us, but he just played it in his car when we all graduated. And yeah, he's just 
again, like one step ahead, but he, uh, dude, he has this gnarly band and it's just him and two other dudes. And, uh, cause of COVID they're not doing anything right now, but yeah, uh, that band needs more attention. Like someone needs to take them because yeah, dude, Kyle has a talent and I really want people to see that. So yeah, Lotharia, Lotharia is the shit. Um, they're on Spotify. I'm pretty sure they're on Bandcamp because you could buy their CDs. Um, I'm pretty even sure that there's some CDs in France. Yeah, Lotharia. And I would also say one of my really also really good friends, uh, Alex. Uh, he is a guitar technician, uh, up and coming guitar technician. And he also built one of these guitars. Honestly, I should probably grab it. This is not mine at all but this is my roommates and it's telecaster and nice it's not like he fucking shaped the wood or anything but the dude put it together tuned it up and everything and um you know that's an egc neck that's another pe another you know if you have the money get an egc neck because that is also amazing but yeah my friend alex knows how to build a guitar and if you want a custom guitar you should get his stuff um, you should get have get in contact with him and get a guitar because he knows how to build one. And if you want to find him, he is in Portland. He is at a guitar shop, a small guitar shop, and it's called Parrot Dice Guitar, like a, a parrot and some a pair of dice, but it's Parrot Dice. Uh, <laughs> parrot Dice. Parrot Dice, dude, it's sick. It's it's really cool, and it just you just go in there, and it's just Alex and the owner Jay just. Sling back some beers, talking about guitars, and uh, actually, Greg Mullaney uh, just bought an Orville from because Alex was oh nice, and yeah, dude, and I'm sure that I will see Greg play that Orville whenever that happens. Um, but yeah, those two definitely know what they're talking about. And yeah, if you're in Portland and you like metal or you like just instruments in general, you should go to Paradise Guitar and talk to Jay or my best friend Alex. And yeah, because those two dudes know what they're talking about. So yeah, Kyle and Alex, those two dudes, amazing nice. dudes. Cool. And uh, anything for yourself? Uh, as far as I got, I got nothing, man. Uh, f find me, and if you're in the Bay Area and you like the same shit, or you like anything that you see in this or whatever we talk about, let's hang out in Oakland or in San Francisco. Let's be friends. Yeah, let's branch out. And also, you know, I take photos too. So if you got a band and you want to take photos, let's do it. Or if you want to play with any of these and you also are a drummer. Yeah. If you're a drummer, let's be friends because that is hard <laughs> as fuck to find because I'm not going to not be friends with you because you play string instruments, but I'm also going to love you because you play the drums <laughs> or better yet have a place to play the drums too, because it's hard as shit to find someone that doesn't have a studio in the Bay area that plays loud music. So yeah. Yeah. You can see, uh, some of Elliot's stuff on uh, his your Instagram, right? Just at City Fiend. Yeah, kinda. Um, I post some of it sometimes, but yeah, or or this if you can see this video, or I don't. I should post more of this stuff. I don't know. Maybe I will. No video to be seen here. <laughs> okay. No video to be seen here. Then okay, maybe yeah, maybe I'll start posting it more. But yeah, follow me. Yeah, or or don't. You know, just let's just be friends. Right on. Well, thank you for coming on Diary of Doom. This was a lot of fun. I had a good time talking about Psycho and shit. Yeah, thank you, Dylan, for inviting me. And uh, dude, uh, after this, let's—we're literally on opposite coasts, but we should 
connect because that's what this fucking genre does is it connects people and it, it whatever, certainly does you know let's hang out again thank you for inviting me and i hope to do it again sometime yeah for sure we'll uh we'll see what happens um but yeah until then stay safe and all that and that'll do it for this chapter of the diary cheers dylan thank you <laughs> <laughs>